Hey everyone, this is Chad Arms, the pastor of Creekside Bible Church. Thanks for taking some time to listen to my latest sermon, a sermon about communication. It will play in just a minute, but before it does, I want to tell you something that's really exciting. In the last year, our sermons have been listened to over 11,000 times on different podcast hosts. It's a pretty remarkable number, and we're really thankful for that. It's our goal that that number would continue to go up, though, and one of the best and easiest ways to make that happen is if you would leave us a rating and or review on whatever podcast host you're listening to this on. We would really appreciate that. As I say a lot, we think that our content is helpful to people and we want more people to hear it. And so please, if you have been impacted in any way by our sermons, please, please, please leave us a rating and or review. We would really appreciate it. Again, thanks for listening. I hope that this sermon will help you to learn and live more fully for the glory of God. I haven't told my uncle what I'm about to tell you yet. You also have to forgive me uh, for Mike for, for not telling you this, but he bought me this little uh, coffee maker a few years ago for Christmas. It's like a Bialetto or something. That's the brand. And, and it's like a stovetop thing. It's like what you would use, kind of like how you make coffee when you're uh, camping, you know, you put it and the water kind of goes up through it. I don't know the technical term for it, but one day I, I went to make coffee, this little coffee maker, and I, I put it on the stove and I, I turned the heat on and it's supposed to take about three to four minutes for it to start percolating. That's the word I was looking for. And, uh, and I'm sitting there and I'm going like three minutes, four minutes, five minutes, eight minutes, 10 minutes, and I'm starting to think, like, where's my coffee? What's happening? And then I realize I didn't put any water in it, which doesn't allow for it to percolate, and I totally ruined it. Uh, I bought another one, uh, Mike, but thank you for that Christmas present. And, uh, and, and it's a good reminder of what we're going to kind of see today. It's almost impossible to get, to get something good out of something you haven't put anything into. It's almost impossible to do that. Uh, I don't think I need to hype up the topic of communication. Uh, you're here this morning and, and you communicate. Uh, you know, some of you communicate more, some of you communicate less, but we all, we all deal with this thing called communication. And, and we deal with it like in, in so many different ways. Uh, interestingly, in my undergrad, one of my favorite classes that I ever took was called orga- Organizational Communication. And basically the, the kind of whole deal in the class, like the big thing that we had to focus on was doing a communication audit for an organization. And at that time I had a, uh, a friend uh, that was working at Starbucks. And so we decided to do a communication audit on her on her her store, on the store she was working at. And so we, we you know, asked the employees this series of questions to see how well information was trickling down. And, and it was kind of amazing, actually. What we discovered is that even Starbucks, who really is focused on organizational communication, they make a really big deal about it. They, they were doing a very poor job. And it was cool because uh, after we discovered our content, we presented it to the manager of her store. And, and, and upon hearing it, she took us to meet with all the district managers to share the information that we had found because what they realized and, and what we kind of talked about in that class is that an organization that communicates well uh, is going to be at just a more productive and, and in their you know, hopes a more profitable organization. And, and so you see it kind of in the organizational world. My wife uh, 
has her degree in visual communications, and, and so she's a graphic designer by trade before she started helping at our church, but like she, she is focused on how we visually communicate things, and what's so interesting in her kind of line of study and work is, is, is you quickly learn that we're always communicating, like on accident or on purpose, like everything we see communicates. Uh, most of you who are at our church this morning are at our church because at some point you went to our website and, and you probably didn't read very many of the words, but you, you thought like it looks good enough, right? Like they didn't embarrass themselves. And so you decided like the, the visual communication was enough and then you came here and, and maybe it's your first time or maybe you stuck, whatever, but you, you took our communication and it was good enough and clear enough that, that you decided to come here. But well, the reality is that most of us don't care about those types of communication, right? What we care about is the communication in our relationships. Those are perhaps the hardest. Those are the ones that, that have the most trouble points. Those are the, uh, the communi- that communication is what's going to, you know, help you to have a good marriage or a bad marriage, to be a good parent or a bad parent, to be a good child or a bad child, to be a good employee or a bad employee, to be a good co-worker or a bad co-worker, to be uh, the the cousin or aunt or uncle that people like when you show up on Christmas or the one that they don't like, you know. I mean, this is, the, the, the relationship communication is primarily what we'll focus on in this series because it's primarily what you care about. We talk, we communicate, all day, every day, and, and we either do it well or we don't do it well. Now, one thing that's going to be really important in this series is, is when I say good communication, uh, I, I'm not going to mean that in the organizational communication kind of way, like is Starbucks doing a good enough job at making sure that their, uh, their employees know what their vision and their mission is to be the finest purveyor of coffee, you know, like, I mean, it, uh, it, that's not what I mean by good. What I'm going to mean when I say good communication is, is, frankly, primarily godly, but what I think, if you're not like a God person, if you're not a Christian, uh, what, what you'll see is, if you'll stick around for the series, is, is that godly communication is just really healthy communication. And, and so if you're even, like, you're just like, ah, the God stuff, I don't really care what God says about communication. I think what you'll see in this series is, is that when I say good communication, I mean godly, like the way God wants us to do it. But it's like communication that all of us want. We want to be kinder, and we want to be nicer, and we want to be clearer, and all those things. And so I just wanted to get that out there, but uh, there's this thing uh, in, in my life that uh, we almost named the sermon series this, but then I would have had to explain it all the time, and so we didn't, we didn't. But when I was a kid, I didn't get to see my dad very much, uh, you know, because my parents were divorced, and so for the first, you know, nine years of my life... Uh, six of those years anyway. I saw my dad on weekends and Wednesdays. And, and, and so, uh, so my dad was really big, and I'm really appreciative of this, of, of making sure that we were engaging each other when we were together. And you've probably heard me say that in the context of why, we, why we're so open and excited about kids that stay in the service with us. Like, we have a great, wonderful, incredible children's ministry down the hall, but we love to have kids in the service. And a big part of that uh, is... is my growing up days like there was no way on a weekend when I was seeing my dad that I was I was going somewhere else like me and my dad were going to be sitting next to each other in church I was going to be eating all the chocolate donuts I've told you that even though it was against the rules at the church and so we were going to be right next to each other I was going to be eating my chocolate donuts and drinking my tang and we were going to be near each other but one of the things that that kind of came out of that is that my dad 
when we'd be driving, typical kid, whatever, you know, I'd say, I don't know, put on music or I wanted music. I feel like we were different when I was kids. We didn't listen to the same song over and over and over again. Like, that seems like a new movement in children. It's kind of a bad movement if you ask me. But anyway, uh, and so I'd say, I want to listen to music. And my dad would let us listen to a song and then he'd turn the radio off. And, and he'd say this thing that was so valuable. He, he made me say this thing. I didn't always want to do it. Sometimes I was mad at him, I'm sure. But he would make us say the word communication, and he would do it like this. He would say, cuh, and then I would have to say mune, and then he would say, eh, and then I would have to say, k, and then he would say, shin, and then we'd do this, and then we would sit there, and, and we, would, we would talk, like we would just communicate, we would talk about the day, probably talk about sports. And we did this throughout my whole childhood. In fact, Honestly, like if my dad and I were driving together alone right now, which we don't do very often anymore, but if we were driving alone right now, I guarantee that my dad would at some point just say, care, and I, and I would be like, okay, here we go, you know, like, it's cool when I was six, it wasn't so cool when I was 14, you know, but we, we still did it, um, but here's, here's what's, what's, so, what's so important about that. If, if our communication had been bad, and not good, then there would have been no value in shutting the radio off, right? I'm aware that some people grow up in homes or with dads that, that, that to have shut the radio off and, and engage in communication would have been hurtful, it would have been problematic, it would have led to arguing, nothing good would have been said. You, you know, a lot of dads, it seems at least like a stereotype, don't even know how to communicate. And so, so a lot of, of you probably grew up in homes where we're looking back and saying, we shut the radio off and we communicated. It, you'd be like, that's a terrible idea. Like, we don't even communicate now, and I'm 40, you know? Like, I don't even want to talk to my dad or my mom or my sister or my brother. And, and in that, I think you see, uh, because frankly, there are other people who I, I just want to turn the radio on and not talk to. You see the difference that good versus bad communication can make in our lives. It, it can turn every moment from, a, frankly, a, a bad memory into a really good memory. Communication is at the center, I think, of most of what we think of as good or bad memories. I can think back at some of, man, the, the absolute worst moments of my entire life, I can look back on them. Loss of loved one, just horrible things happening. And, and they were not good at the time, but looking back on those moments, sometimes because people that loved me communicated in a good way, a godly way, uh, those are, those are halfway decent memories. I remember going with family after my great-grandma, who was like a third mother to me, uh, after she had died, and we went to Baskin-Robbins, and we shared stories, and we expressed love, and we comforted each other. And, and I hate that, you know, death, I hate death always. I'm not a big, not a big fan of it, but, uh, but I, I, that moment because of the communication of family. A lot of times death brings out the worst in people, but sometimes it brings out this, the best communication in people. And I look back at that moment sitting at Baskin Robbins and, and it's not that unpleasant of a memory because of the way that my family chose to communicate in, in those moments. Uh, I think it's, it's important that we communicate good. We, we are good communicators. I think it's important and I think we all want to do it because nobody wants to go through life communicating badly, communicating in a way that is negative, that is hurtful, uh, that is bad. But we all struggle. Like, I was thinking about this, right? Like, we all have different kinds of communication struggles. They don't seem to be all the same, right? Like, some of you, you yell. 
And, and you might say the greatest things in the world, but you, when you're mad, probably, like your voice raises and, and, and you're a jerk just by the, the volume of your voice, if not the words. Some of you uh, probably struggle with saying just mean and awful things, and I'm sure we've all done it, but some of you probably do it more than others of us, where you say things that instantly know you wish you could take back, you wish they didn't come out of you. Uh, I'll tell you one struggle with me is the way I say things. I, I communicate so frequently and with so many people that I'm really good about staying uh, most of the time. I'm really good about staying uh, in line with what I want to say. I, I speak clearly. I communicate well. And, and But sometimes when I'm mad at my wife, it's not what I say. It's not even the volume of what I say, but it's how I communicate it, right? It's, it's in the tone. It's in the language. It's in the body language. It's, it's all of these things that I can so negatively uh, communicate and some people are liars right and you wish you weren't a liar but but you lie and and sometimes you just lie and then you think why did I lie you know like there was no reason for that lie but I did it anyway some of you you know that you talk behind people's backs and it's no good and you wish you could just shut up but you do it anyway you just you just constantly find yourself saying things mean things maybe but just things you know like you just talk behind people's backs there's a million ways that our communication can go wrong and i think uh, we in this series of sermons are going to are going to have a response to all of it really and that's most clear in this first thing that we're going to read which is a teaching of jesus about communication. It's so interesting. We probably don't think that Jesus says much about our words, but this passage of, of scripture is so clear. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 12, 33. Make a tree good. Oh, you see, we have a tree. You were wondering why it was going to come in. Make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. Let me give you a little bit of context here. It's, uh, it's an interesting time for Jesus to have said this. And we might think that somebody, you know, said a swear word that Jesus didn't like or something. But uh, it's much bigger than that. Jesus healed a demon-possessed man. He cast out the demons. And the Pharisees, this religious group, who did not like him at all. He was a threat to, to their power and to their money and to a lot of things that they held tightly to. Uh, Jesus, uh, they look at Jesus and they say, we know how you did it. We know how this guy is doing these incredible things. We know how he cast out demons. He did it by the power of Satan. That's how he cast out demons. And Jesus is like, well, that's stupid. He didn't say that. He probably communicated better than me. But like, he didn't say that's stupid, but he's like, wait, like, so Satan's casting out his own folks, you know? Like, what's going on? Like, that doesn't make any sense at all. And then he turns his attention to these Pharisees, and he's, he's basically going to tell them, like, the reason that you say bad things is because you are bad, because something is wrong with your hearts. In between those two things, he, he, he talks about this thing that we're not going to cover in depth today, but he talks about this thing called the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. He basically says, if you say bad things about me, then you can be forgiven, but if you say bad things about the Holy Spirit, if you speak evil against the Holy Spirit, then you will never be forgiven. And so I just, pastoral note, ready? Uh, first thing you need to know, if you're worried about whether or not you've ever spoken against the Holy Spirit, then you have not done the thing that you cannot be forgiven 
for. What Jesus is really talking about here is a rejection of the Holy Spirit's work, and the Holy Spirit's work in large part is to lead you to a relationship with Jesus that allows for you to be forgiven for your sins. And so what Jesus is really saying is if you reject the Holy Spirit moving you towards Christianity, then you can't be forgiven for your sins because you'll never embrace Christianity. I know I've known people like that were genuinely scared that they committed the sin. They came across this verse. They were worried. They were picturing themselves in hell someday. If that's you, I'm not going to go any deeper, but man, fill out one of those response cards in the blue bins at the end and we'll have coffee and I'll, I'll tell you why you probably haven't committed blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. But, but Jesus then is like, hey, here's the deal. Let's talk about why, why you are saying these evil things against me. Let's talk about why you're saying that I'm bad when I'm so clearly good. I mean, Jesus, come on, let's, I mean, he's walking around the known world, like healing people, forgiving people, helping people, feeding people. And so what is it that causes these people to say such, such mean things about Jesus? I mean, that's pretty evil. I wouldn't look at anybody in my life and, and say, you know why you're doing this? Because Satan is your is your father. Like, no, I'm not doing that to any of you. Nobody here am I going to walk up and say that to. And so what is it that is causing them to communicate such evil things about Jesus? And here's what's really cool. Well, well, that's a bigger question. It actually answers a lot of smaller questions that I think we have. Like, why do you say mean things to your spouse or your boyfriend or your girlfriend? Like, what is that? Like, the person that you're closest to in the entire world that at, at least at some point you loved more than anybody else, what causes you to be a jerk to them? Like, what is that? Or why do you tell lies when you don't need to, especially? I mean, sometimes we can say, like, well, I lied because I didn't want to get in trouble, right? But, like, but why? Like, why do we care about getting in trouble more than we care about telling a lie? But even more, like, sometimes people just lie for no good reason. It's like, why? Like, the consequences weren't that big. What is it that compelled you to do that? Why do you spread rumors about people? I mean, why are you talking about the guy down the hall at work that, you know, doesn't get the job done? Why do you need to tell other people about it? What is that? Like, what compels us to do that? Why do you yell? Why do you yell at people in your car when they cut you off like, like it did some damage to them? I'm still caught up because some lady went out of her way to flip me off in the Fred Meyer parking lot and yell something at me. I don't even know what she said. I shouldn't have done this when I was telling that story. But, uh, but like, uh, why? Like, why did she need to, I, I mean, we didn't, um, it wasn't even that close. And why did she take time out of her, I'm sure, busy day? I'm sure somebody said, how was your day? She'd say, oh, I'm busy. We all say that. Why did she take the two minutes to drive over to me, flip me off, and yell something? and I couldn't even understand. It had no effect on my life. I didn't leave sad at all. I left with a sermon illustration. You know, I mean, what, what is that that compels you to do that? And, and Jesus, I mean, it's so simple. It's like, make a tree good and its fruit will be good or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. What he says is like, you're the, you're the tree in this story, right? Hopefully you don't look like this, but this was made for another church's VBS. They said, do you want it? We were unable to use it at our VBS and because it would fall on a kid and, you know, whatnot. But, uh, but hey, here we are with the tree illustration. And, and, I mean, like, you look at this tree and it's fake. I think you knew that, right? But, like, if I had brought a real tree that was dead, that was uprooted, that, that was had not been watered, you know, that had been left in your backyard laying down because you had taken it out, like, would you be able to walk up to it and grab an apple that looked tasty and juicy and delicious? No. And what Jesus is saying is, if we can all pretend we're trees, 
the question is, do we want healthy fruit or do we want not fruit, bad fruit, rotten fruit, diseased fruit? And, and if you want good fruit, and the good fruit, by the way, here is good communication. If you want good fruit, then you need to make sure that you, that you're, you, the tree, is healthy. That's what Jesus is getting at. What he's saying is pretty simple. Like, you can't change how you communicate if you don't change who you are. And we'll see why in just a, a little bit. But, but there's this, this uh, other statement in, in Matthew 7, 16 through 20. He kind of explains this. He says, by their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown in the fire. Thus, by their fruit you will recognize them. If you lie, if you yell, if you say mean things about people that you wish you hadn't have said, if you come across like a jerk, it's it's because something is wrong with you, the tree. Now, that's all of us. All of us have problems. I'm not just saying you. Like, there's, there's things that I communicate that I wish I'd get back. There's moments where I'm not quite as, I've never struggled with, this, like, lying, but I'm not as honest as I'd like to be. There's moments where I yell. There's moments where I do all these things. And, and it's easy to say, well, well, it's just I said something. Like, we can just dismiss that. Like, well, something just came out of my mouth. You know, I wish I could have it back. But what Jesus is saying is, no, you said it because something was wrong with, with the tree. Something is wrong with you. And we need to start by recognizing just that. We need to understand that, that it's about who we are. Our, our words, the way we communicate is demonstrating in a lot of ways exactly who we are. You can't get good fruit from a bad tree and you can't get... You won't get bad fruit from a good tree. In Matthew 12, 34 and, and 35, Jesus kind of continues this. He says, you brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth, oh, I love this. This is a, an incredible line. Somebody get a tattoo. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. If you're a bad tree, then bad's going to come out of your mouth. If you're a good tree, then good is going to come out of your mouth. And he looks at these Pharisees, he calls them a brood of vipers. That's not very nice. It's like a bunch of baby snakes. That's kind of how we could translate it. You're a bunch of baby snakes, and, and so nothing good is going to come out of you. You're not going to communicate good. Now, obviously, every person communicates good at certain points. Let's not be dumb, right? Like, every person can say nice things. But the, if you could just generalize the course, the direction, the quality of your communication, good is going to come from you when you are good, and bad is going to come from you when you are bad. Because, this is so beautiful, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The mouth, that's right on cue, speaks what the heart is full of. Listen to what Jesus says later, Matthew 15, 18 through 20. But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander, these are what defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. Here's Jesus' point. Uh, what, makes, what makes a person 
do bad is not what's on our outside. It's not the circumstances around us. It's not what we're dealing with. It's, it's what's inside of us because our actions bubble up from our hearts. And, and here in both passages, Jesus says our words are, are bubbling up from our hearts, whether good or bad. They're bubbling up from our hearts. I preached a, a sermon series on anger. I don't know if that was a year or two ago, but, uh, and, I, and I said this thing that, that I didn't write down, but I hope I get it right. Um, I said, anger does not come, uh, anger isn't from what comes at you, but what is in you, something to that effect. And, and that is not only true for our anger, but it also is true of the words that happen when we are angry. It is not our circumstances that cause us to say things that are bad, to communicate badly. It is who we are that causes us to communicate badly, and vice versa. We aren't, we aren't going to be good communicators just because our life is easy. We're going to be good communicators because, because our hearts are in a good place to communicate in a godly way we're going to deal with like all these things i've been kind of dancing around uh like lying and slander and those types of things more later but because two of them come up here in matthew 15 18 through 20 he says false testimony which is you know basically lying giving a false account of something specifically in a court of law and slander which is the utterance of false charges or misrepresentations which defame and damage another person's reputation i think we all do it Right? I mean, we all do it. I, I, I almost had a minor in psychology. I would have had a minor. In, I want to, let me just be more accurate. I would have had a minor in psychology, but I found out when I was almost finished that I needed to declare it two years earlier, and I hadn't done that. And so I, I can almost psychoanalyze you effectively, minor level anyway. Uh, but, but one of the things I remember from almost all of, of those classes is, is talk about communication and and especially in the context of marriage because that came up a lot in counseling classes and things like that they always talk about how you should never say always when you're communicating something to somebody you, you've you've probably done this before right you've probably looked at a sibling or you know a family member uh, you if you're married you've really looked at your spouse and at some point you said you always right and that is, that is, I mean, unless they literally always, which I'm, I'm doubtful that your spouse always forgets stuff or always is late. They probably made it on time once, my wife did, uh, and <laughs> uh, I should have done it. We just communicated badly about me talking in, about her in sermons, and she said she gets a lot of sympathy from people when I do, so that's why I communicated that little tidbit this morning. Um, but, but if you've ever said always... Like, and, then, and then put something negative after it, you always are whatever, Th- then you've, you've in some ways, you've slandered that person, you've given a false testimony, right? It's very simple, it's very short. A- and what Jesus is saying is that is coming from you, the tree. You're just producing bad fruit because your tree, you're not healthy, you're not in a healthy place. Your heart is not, it's not good. Matthew 12, 35, Jesus says, a good man brings, let me read it again, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's more literal. I love that. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever comes out of your mouth, it is representing what is in your heart. And so we, we need to work on fixing our hearts. Before I do, I Googled like, uh, what did I Google? Better communication, just to see what the, 
the Google world would kind of send to me, and it was interesting, a lot of good tips. Uh, I'm not here to bash on my Google search, but like a lot of really good tips, and, I, and as I was reading them, like here's the kind of tips, here's seven of them, that seems like something people would do. They always number them, that's one thing, always five tips to better communication, uh, but here's seven that I found on different sites. Find the right time to communicate, I think that's a great idea. Talk face to face, do not attack, be honest, check your body language, listen, express your feelings. It's a great list, but what was so interesting to me as I read the list is they all skip over this thing that Jesus says, that it's about what's in you and the shape and the health of your heart. Like, I'm telling you, I'm just going to tell you like how, how it is for me. My wife and I, we struggle because we're, we're frankly, we kind of are opposite of the, we don't struggle in general, let me get out. We like each other for the most part, but we're, we're kind of opposite of the gender stereotypes where stereotypically, the woman wants to talk about things immediately and the man kind of wants some time to process it and think it over. And, and if you know me at all, you know that I've never processed anything. Like it just, here you go. Uh, I, it just comes out. Most of the time it happens in a sermon, right? Like, oh, I said it, you know, like wish I could get that one back. And Bryn is like, uh, hey, can we take three days and think about this? And I'm like, what? I can't think about this for three days. I'll, I'll die, you know? And, and so this is, this is kind of, this is our marriage. But one of the things that causes arguments in our marriage is, is simply, that we don't allow for the other person to find the right time. I want to deal with it now, and she wants to deal with it later, but what we, what we don't do very effectively in our own marriage is say, what would be the right time for us to do this? And, and why? Why don't we care enough to find the right time? It's because we don't care enough to find the right time. Something is wrong with our hearts. We're elevated ourselves and our own communication over and above the other person's. It's about what I want and not what they need. That's what, that's what it is. It's so easy to say like, well, why don't I find the right time? Because, I'm going to put this in Bryn's words now, because Chad's being an idiot and babbling on, you know? Like, of the, that's the reason I don't find, but the answer is like, we don't find the right time we do attack, we're dishonest, our body language sucks, we don't listen, and we, we end up not expressing our feelings but rather attacking because, because something is, is off in our hearts. It's a great list, but here's the reality. None of them will help you be a, com- a better communicator if your heart is bad. You'll be constantly, and you know this, if you've just tried to fix the behavior, I won't yell as loud, I, I won't lie anymore, I won't talk behind people's backs. If you just try to fix the symptoms, if you just try to, to make the fruit better, then you're never going to be a good communicator. You'll just be a communicator that's you know, as fake as this tree. Uh, it's just not going to happen. And, and, and so, so here's the question, like, well, what do we do? And, and so the first step, the very first step, I love this. It's so good. Uh, it's not as like, uh, you know, here's seven points to being a better communicator. But the first step, at least for those of us that are Christians, but I think for everybody, uh, in becoming a better communicator, it is to fill your heart with good things. Let me just say it outright, be totally upfront and honest with you. I think you're going to fight an uphill battle to be a good communicator unless first and foremost you 
you, you invite Jesus into your heart. I try to never say it that way. That's how we often describe Christianity to kids, and I think it's kind of weird and misleading, and I don't read it anywhere in the Bible. Like, never is there a picture of Jesus roaming around in a guy's heart or anything like that. Uh, but for, for the sake of this conversation, we need to invite Jesus into our hearts. We need to do what Elijah and Gabby have done as we baptize them, to, not as we baptize them, but before we baptize them today, and that's to say, I believe that Jesus died for my sins and came back to life. I believe that. But, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give Jesus my life and invite him to be a part of my life. Because I just think it's, it's almost impossible without the love and the forgiveness and the hope and the peace and the joy that Jesus brings to, to then be a good, without those things, it's just impossible almost to be a good communicator. Like, like here's the deal. When I'm stressed, I'm away. I'm just a worse communicator. Like, first of all, I don't listen to anything you say. Brandon knows that, our music guy. Like, if I'm stressed and he's talking, like, what? Like, why are you speaking? You know, my wife knows. Everybody close to me knows. I'm just not going to listen to you. But I'm also going to be short-tempered and, and, and quick to be a jerk and, and dismissive of you, basically. And it's, but, but here's the deal. I stress so much less because of my relationship with Jesus. I stress a lot, but if I wasn't a Christian, I don't know. I'd be dead of a heart attack at 35 years old. Like, I'm just wired for it. And so I'm able to find peace. I'm able to find a peace that I could not find apart from Jesus, and that makes me a halfway decent dad and husband and, you know, a quarterway decent friend, you know, like, I, I, it, because of my relationship with, with Jesus. And so the first thing, like, you have to fill your heart with Jesus, but then like there's all these, these other things that I think are really important. As the mouth speaks with the heart is full of, you need to fill your heart with, with great things, with, with godly things. You need to fill your heart with, with Jesus, and you need to fill your heart with the Bible, reflect on his word, and you need to listen to good sermons, and you need to have good friends that are speaking truth into your life, and you need to listen to good music, and you need to read good books. It's like this, uh, my heart fell off. It's like this, right? Like, this is literally, look at this, look at this. It's got a heart right here. American Heart Association says that this is good for your heart. I don't know if that's true, uh, but Cheerios is good for your heart. And so picture this is, this is good influences, right? And you want to be a good communicator. You want to communicate in a godly, loving, good, graceful way. Then, then like you can spend your whole life just trying or you just, you just let it overflow. That's like me talking right there. It went a little quick. But, but that's what Jesus is saying to us. He's saying, don't try to make the fruit better. That's impossible. Fix the tree. Fill your heart with me and the good things that surround me. And then you will begin to speak in a better way. I just, just I mean, think about the people especially the Christians that you know, that you just love when they talk to you because they care about you and not themselves and, and they speak truth to you and, and they're so quick to just say a Bible verse when you need to hear that Bible verse. Think about people like that have been in your life. I guarantee you that they didn't just sit around going, I better want to say nice things more. They just spent their lives just filling, filling, filling. And that filling overflowed to you in the form of communication, in the form of, of their words. <laughs> it's, it's kind of amazing, like, in our culture today, just about everything that we, uh, and, and man, I'm not, like, again, I just finished season three of Stranger Things, so, like, if I come across legalistic for a second, you can forgive me, uh, but, like, we just fill our minds with crap all the time, with, with just bad, and then we expect the tree to be healthy enough to produce good fruit, 
Like if the music you listen to and the, the books you read and, and the things you watch on TV and the movies you watch, if the friends you hang out with, if they're all just giving you trash all the time, like they're talking bad behind people's backs and, and they're saying words that are, you know, not appropriate and over the top not appropriate and, and, and you're, you're, like, how, what's the, you're never going to communicate well if you're filling yourself with crap. It's just never going to happen. But we have this expectation that like I'll poison the tree all the time or, or I'll fill my heart with garbage and, and yet I'll just work harder and, and something good will come out of my house. Something will every now and then. Uh, it's like, it, I mean, it's the same like eating, right? I mean, we could take this metaphor to the world of eating. If you're just, if you're just eating Taco Bell every day all the time, like you, you can't expect that that your physical heart is going to be in great shape when you ask it to run a marathon. It's just not going to work. Now, you can get up and you can take a run every now and then. You can get down the street and go get your mail, you know, but like, if you're running to the mail, that's weird, but you know, like, you run away from a bad guy in the case of an emergency. You can do it. You can maybe make it happen for a little bit, but the overall direction of your life will be one of unhealth. And when it comes to communication, if you are filling yourself with bad things, then the overall direction of your communication will be towards bad and not towards good. You must fill yourself with good if you want to be a good communicator. There's this other thing, and uh, I just, I'm going to read it, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop soon, but, but he says, this is so humbling. This is scary. I don't, this is, might be my new least favorite verse in the entire Bible. I'm sorry. It's two verses, actually. It's horrible. He says, but I tell you, that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. That sucks. Like, I mean, like, every word, like, kind of what it says. I mean, K- King James Version says every idle word. Uh, the English Standard Version says every careless word. Like, every word you just kind of say and don't think about, like, it's getting recorded. The words you say will echo in eternity, and you'll have to hear them and give an account for them. Wow. Like, I just thought it'd be the ones I thought about and then said anyway, you know, but not the ones I I didn't think about. Now, here's good news, bad news. Good news, if you're a Christian, I mean, that's not going to affect whether you get into heaven or hell or anything like that. I mean, we we don't believe that your works or your words uh, dictate your eternity, good or bad. We believe that your relationship with Jesus dictates your eternity, good or bad. But the Bible talks about this thing that I don't love, that, that we don't talk about a lot, that pastors don't preach about a lot, but it's even as Christians, like, we're going to sit with Jesus. This is what it sounds like to me anyway when I read the New Testament. And we're going to talk to him about the things we did for him and the things we didn't do for him. I was like, okay, let's hit the big points, Jesus. But not every idle word, you know. Not everything I said in passing. Not every time I was a jerk. But we're going to be held accountable for these words. And so we're like, well, who cares, you know, if I yell at the cashier because they weren't going fast enough. You got, you're really like this tree if you do that. But, like, who cares if I chase some guy down at Fred Meyer and flip him off and scream something unintelligible at him. I mean, who cares? I mean, the answer is God. The answer is God. And the reason, the reason, because Jesus isn't just saying like, hey, your words really matter. He's saying the same thing. Keep, keep, Keep in mind the context here. The mouth is the overflow of the heart. And so if your words are constantly bad, then it shows that your heart is not good. Think about Romans 10, 8 through 10. The word is near you, it is in your mouth, and it is in your heart. 
That is the message concerning faith, the faith that we proclaim. If you, notice this, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is your, with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. The mouth and the heart go hand in hand, whether it be about Christianity or whether it be the things you're saying to your friend or your spouse or your coworker. the heart and the mouth go hand in hand. What you say is an overflow. What you communicate is an overflow of what is in your heart. And so Jesus is looking at your words and saying, what is in your heart? And so here's the, it's humbling, right? This is a scary idea. I, I read this on the internet. If you're 10 years old, you've, You've said enough words to fill like 700 books. If you're 40 years old, then you could fill like 3,200 page books with the words you've spoken, with, with all the words you've communicated. And if you're 60, then you, you've almost done 4,500 books with the words that you have spoken. And Jesus is up there saying, every one of those words has indicated something about your heart. Now, I'm not here to look back on your last 10, 40, or 60 years and say, sorry, you really sucked. <laughs> it's rough. But we want to talk about what happens this week and tomorrow. And, and I know you'll leave here and, and you may just say like, well, I'll do better. I'll do better. I'll do better. But that would be to miss the point entirely. Uh, instead of saying, I'll do better, I hope that you'll leave here and say, I will fill myself with more good. I will fill myself with more good. If you want a great... Look, first Jesus, give your life to Jesus. Like, I just don't know how you're going to do it without Jesus. But, but second, like, I mean, listen to some Christian music. Uh, not the stuff that's on the radio, because that'll make you mad in a different way. I mean, it has its moment. But, like, if you want great Christian music, talk to Brandon. These guys are like a wealth of Christian music knowledge, and it doesn't all sound like, you know, the typical pop music that we hear on Christian radio today. Uh, get a good book. Uh, get a Christian book like I mean you can read Harry Potter over and over or or you can you can find like a, a good Christian book every now and then to read go ahead and read your Harry Potter but find something that's going to fill your heart with good surround yourself with people who will in, invest positively in you uh, I mean listen to good sermons don't just listen to my sermon listen to a sermon on Wednesday I don't know there's lots of great preachers out there find one listen to them Fill your heart with good so that you can become a good communicator. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of, so fill your heart with good and godly things. Let me pray that you will. Lord Jesus, I pray first for people who don't know you, who haven't given their life to you, who haven't embraced your gospel. I pray that they would, that they'd become Christians. Uh, not primarily so that they can become better communicators, God, uh, but primarily so that they can experience the love, the joy, the hope, the peace, the forgiveness the grace, all these things that I have encountered uh, and that so many here have encountered, that Elijah and Gabby have encountered. And, and God, on top of that, I, I just, I know that it will change their communication. And then for those of us that have embraced you, that love you, and that have given our lives to you, God, I, I know we all still struggle with saying saying good things, communicating good things, whether it's with our words or with our, our body language or our tone or all of it, God. We, we struggle with this and and. You know, usually it's, it's like certain people we, we struggle with. Maybe there's a cousin that we can't get along with, our brother, sister, whatever. And I just pray, God, that we would focus on our hearts, that we would examine what is in our hearts that makes that communication in that relationship so difficult, God. And, and then, God, I pray that we would fill ourselves with the 
good things of you so that we might be the greatest communicators. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.